So if you all come expecting today and believing something good is going to happen to you. I loved Oral Roberts. He used to say that all the time, something good is going to happen to you. And I love get up, getting up every day and saying, God, thank you. Good things are going to happen to me today. And we need to have a right attitude in whatever we do. Well, last week, Pastor Garrett uh, spoke out of the book of Ephesians. And his topic was, I am afflicted. And he talked about how all of us are afflicted in one way or another, and then how we should respond to it. And so he named 14 different kinds of afflictions that people go through one way or another. We all go through different things in our life. <coughs> but that we not let the aff affliction that we go through take us out of the will of God. Sometimes people get mad at God when they go through things. And so they get out of church. They start backing off of everything that God has anything to do with. But I always say to them, don't run from God, run to God. But he taught that we not let uh, our affliction take us out of the will of God, but that we might learn from the things that we go through and that we not lose heart during those trials and the things that we go through in our life. But we keep believing in God's word because his word gives life and he will lead us out of whatever trial that we go through. When Pastor Garrett asked me to speak a couple of weeks ago, I began to pray and to seek God on what he might have me to talk about today because as he gave his word, the word Sunday when he preached, I thought, wow, that is just confirming what I feel like God has spoken. And the word that kept coming to me was expectation. And expectation, when you have expectation, chances are you're not going to lose heart in what you're facing. But I decided this morning on the power, or this week on the power of expectation, because there is power when we expect God, when we expect miracles, when we expect things to happen, there's just something within us that, that sets an atmosphere. And I pray this morning that you all have come with expectation and believing that something good is going to happen. It's so important the way we come in and it sets a great atmosphere. You believe that? You, you know, your attitude, even in the house, sets an atmosphere for the home. I think a mom has a, a, a way of setting the atmosphere for their home. When your husband comes home and your kids come in. There's just something so important about wanting to come home. So you set an atmosphere, and I've always tried to do that in the church or wherever that I am, that I always try to set a good example and a good atmosphere to, to walk into. If you'll put up uh, in Philippians, please. This scripture is talking about Paul, which Garrett so preached great on last week out of Ephesians. And this is in Philippians, but he was in prison at the same time when he wrote the letter to the uh, Philippians and the Ephesians. So in verse 19, Paul says, For I know through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He was already looking, being in prison and for preaching the word of God, he was saying, this is going to bring my deliverance. So according, he said, to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. 
The word expectation here says it's the act or state of looking forward uh, to an event or something that is about to happen, that which is expected to happen. Have you ever expected things to happen in your life? Or like to me, kids on Christmas morning, oh my goodness, do you ever try to get them to go to bed on Christmas Eve? to get up on Christmas morning, they are so excited because they're expecting. They're expecting those gifts. They're expecting the excitement of everything to jump into those gifts and open them up and have a blast. And the parents have to get ready for that. And there's preparation in all of that for the kids to get excited and to look forward to things. But Paul said, I'm confident in this very thing that he who has begun a good work in me He's going to complete it. He that's begun a good work in all of you, is going, he's going to complete that work. No matter where you're, what place you're in, or Paul was in a prison and he was still saying, I'm confident, I'm sure, because he knew he had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we need a personal relationship with Jesus, that we know him, that we know he's going to see us through whatever that we are coming up against. So expectation is an anticipation uh, uh, of something, anticipating something that's going to happen. So like I said, when you come to church, do you expect something to happen? I just want to challenge you. We get up sometimes just out of tradition or, well, I have it. I do it every week. I go in, I sit down, I sing, I listen to the word, I get up and go home. I try, and we all need to because we have to put effort in everything, really, that we do. If we expect something, there's usually work that goes into it in one way or or another. So when I get up, I start saying, I expect to go today and hear the word of God. I get to worship God. I get to go to church. Because I hear people say, I have to go to church. But you know when you get to say, I get to go to church. So when your kids get up and say, oh, we got to go to church. No, you get to go. And really, I think we just need to have that change of mind and have an attitude of good things that that God is going to do. So have you ever heard, which Pastor uh, Garrett said this morning, the saying, expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. When you expect something, that something you give room for something to happen, something to take place, in your life. If you get up and say, ah, it's going to be same old, same old, same old today. It's like you're knocking out, shutting any door to anything good or door opening to you just because of your attitude. So I'm just talking today, just kind of uh, adding on to what uh, Pastor Garrett said, if that's possible, but how that God just spoke out of me and gave me revelation out of what I heard him speak last week. So it caused me to grow and to take a step forward because I thought, have I lost heart in anything? Have I believed God for something for so long I've, I've lost heart in it now? That I've not, I'm not expecting him maybe to do what I thought he was going to do? And I know there's some of you here that have been crying out to God for some certain things. For, to take place in your life, something you desire with all your heart. And yet you've believed and you've waited and you've waited. And some of you have lost heart. But this word is for you today. You expect God to do something in your life, to bring a miracle about 
where you think, oh, you know, I'm just not even going to think about that anymore. But I'm telling you, give him room to do a miracle in your life. Let him have that room. Keep that door open for him to do. Don't shut it and say, I don't believe you anymore. But open that, keep that door open and say, I'm not shutting that door. There's a couple of true stories that I want to share with you this morning. And you're just going to have to kind of listen to me because I'm going to read one story and then I'm going to go right into the next story. So, so you'll know I know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but if you can just flow with me in this, I think you're going to be blessed, okay? Many years ago, Al Capone virtually owned Chicago. Capone wasn't famous for anything heroic. He was notorious for enmeshing the Windy City in everything from bootleg booze and prostitution to murder. Capone had a lawyer nicknamed Easy Eddie. He was Capone's lawyer for a good reason. Eddie was very good. In fact, Eddie's skill at legal maneuvering kept Big Al out of jail for a long time. So to show his appreciation, Capone paid him very well. Not only was the money big, but Eddie got special dividends as well. For instance, he and his family occupied a fenced-in mansion with live-in help and all the conveniences of the day. The estate was so large that it filled an entire Chicago city block. Eddie lived the high life of the Chicago mob and gave little consideration to the atrocity that went on around him. Eddie did not have one soft spot. However, he had a son that he loved dearly. Eddie saw to it that his young son had clothes, cars, and a good education. Nothing was withheld. Price was no object. And despite his involvement with organized crime, Eddie even tried to teach him right from wrong. Eddie wanted his son to be a better man than he was. Yet with all of his wealth and influence, there was two things that he couldn't give his son. He couldn't pass on a good name or a good example. One day, Easy Eddie reached a difficult decision. Easy Eddie wanted to rectify the wrongs that he'd done. He decided that he would go to the authorities and tell the truth about Al Scarface Capone, clean up his tarnished name, and offer his son some resemblance of integrity. To do this, he would have to testify against the mob, and he knew that the cost would be great. Even so, he testified. Within the year, Easy Eddie's life ended in a blaze of gunfire on a lonely Chicago street. But in his eyes, he had given his son the greatest gift he had to offer at the greatest price he could ever pay. Police removed from his pockets a rosary, a crucifix, a religious medallion, and a poem clipped from a magazine. The poem read, The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. Now is the only time you own. Live, love, toil with a will. Place no faith in time, for the clock may soon be still. Now just hang on to that, and this is the second story. 
World War II produced many heroes. One such man was Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. He was a fighter pilot assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. After he was airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge and realized that someone had forgotten to top off his fuel tank. He would not have enough fuel to complete his mission and get back to his ship. His flight leader ordered him to return to the carrier. Reluctantly, he dropped out of formation and headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the ship, he saw something that turned his blood cold. A squadron of Japanese aircraft was speeding its way toward the American fleet. The American fighters were gone on an, ex on an expedition and the fleet was all but defenseless. He couldn't reach his squadron and couldn't bring them back in time to save the fleet, nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing to do. He must somehow divert them from the fleet. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he dove into the formation of Japanese planes. Wing-mounted 50 calibers, blazed as he charged in, attacking one surprised enemy plane and then another. Butch wove in and out of the now broken formation and fired at as many planes as possible until all his ammunition was finally spent. Undaunted, he continued the assault. He dove at the planes, trying to clip a wing or a tail in hopes of damaging as many enemy planes as possible and rendering them unfit to fly. Finally, the exasperated Japanese squadron took off in another direction. Deeply relieved, Butch O'Hare and his tattered fighter limped back to the carrier. Upon arrival, he reported in and related to the events surrounding his return. The film from the gun camera mounted on his plane told the tale. It showed the extent of Butch's daring attempt to protect his fleet. He had, in fact, destroyed five enemy aircraft. This took place on February the 20th, 1942. And for that action, Butch became the Navy's first ace of World War II and the first naval aviator to win the Medal of Honor. A year later, Butch was killed in aerial combat at the age of 29. His hometown would not allow the memory of, his World War II hero, of this World War II hero to fade and today O'Hare Airport in Chicago is named in tribute to the courage of this great man. So the next time you find yourself at O'Hare International, give some thought to visiting Butch's memorial, displaying his statue and his Medal of Honor, and it's located between Terminals 1 and 2. So, what do these two stories have to do with each other? Butch O'Hare was Easy Eddie's son. Pretty cool, huh? Here, what he had made the decision to do, to believe, and I believe he had turned to God by what was in his pocket, that he was going to make a difference in his son's life. And he stood up in his life, and he made that decision, losing it all, as far as he was concerned in his life to make for expectation as to what could happen in the son's life.
And there's times in our life that we do things that we have to pay a price for. But now one of the afflictions that Pastor Gary talk, Garrett talked about last week was a consequential affliction. Sometimes we do things to ourselves and we make decisions that get us in big trouble. But then he decided, I want out of this. And I want to do something good. I want to do something good for my son. I want him to somewhat be proud of me. And he made that decision and stood up in faith, in faith. And he saw and he expected God to do something that was needed to be done for his son. So expectation can be very powerful. You have to realize that expectation is something that we all have in, in when we look forward to in faith. Has anyone here ever lost their expectancy? Have you? Have you lost heart? I, I just want to ask you that again. Just think about it. I, I've been through things like that myself, that it's been so long, I keep thinking, well, God, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, do I just forget this? Do I keep believing, you know, that you're going to do something? You know, you can have faith without expectation. You really can. You can believe God's word. You can believe that he heals, but you never expect him to heal you. You believe that these signs will follow us, signs and wonders and miracles, but do you believe they'll follow you? Do you expect that when you lay hands on the sick, they're going to recover? Do you expect to uh, be delivered yourself or pray and someone else be delivered? But you can't have expectation without faith. Because when you expect something, your faith kicks in and you're believing God when you're expecting someone to heal, that's because you are putting foot and putting hands yeah. to that situation, just like Easy Eddie did. He decided, I can't just say, okay, God, do something. God uses you. He expects something of you. As we expect him to follow through, he expects us to step out in faith doing something to bring about that expectation. He uses us, and that's what makes it so, so good, is that God will allow you to lay hands on the sick, and he will heal them. Yeah. What a joy to be a part of that. If you've ever done that, or you've went, and by faith you started telling somebody about Jesus, and they accepted Jesus in their life. What a joy that is, because you tell them about Jesus, because you expect... Yeah something to take place either they'll accept or deny but something you're stepping out there but we will sometimes we just want to pray God I pray you'll send somebody to save them send somebody God we expect you and there are cases when somebody's out of town or whatever but a lot of times when we know someone's lost he expects us to take what we have and to share it with them freely you've received freely give you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You were baptized with the power of God. The power of God comes upon you. He's got a purpose for you. He expects you to walk out the calling on your life. He just, you know, we have faith in the promises of God. And listen, and we believe the scriptures. I'm going to say this again in Isaiah 53, 5, when it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. 
the, uh, he, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. We believe it's a provision of the world, the word of God that heals, but can I expect it for me, not just for somebody else? But by his stripes, I was healed. And there's something about standing out and believing that God wants me healed. That there's things in my life maybe I need to be delivered from. God, you're my deliverer. Show me what I need to do to obtain that deliverance. Help me. I expect to be delivered. I expect it in my life. Understand now that faith has to come first before expectation, before it can even exist, because you have to believe in something to step out there. So it has to be there for you to expect anything. So I think that that is like if I hear the word that God heals today, then we're expected to step out there. And I take it for myself. I say, by your stripes, I'm healed. I believe your word. And however he wants to heal me in that, I'm going to take that healing and run with it. He wants me healed, and I know that. But if you don't believe that it's the will of God for you to be healed and delivered, then it's doubtful that you'll expect to be healed or delivered. Just what I've been saying. Sometimes we just need to hear those things, to think about, you know, what's being said. And let something rise up in us where our expectation has just plummeted. And that's what he's been saying to me. Tell them to start expecting that all they're believing me for, to expect it to happen. Expect it. He, if you believe in him, he will bring it to pass one way or another. One way or another. But if you don't expect to see things happening, then they're probably not going to manifest. Just like these signs will follow those that believe. believe. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. But if you don't ever expect to see that, then you probably never will because you'll never move out in it at all. Remember, expectation is the breeding ground for what? Miracles. It opens up the door for miracles. If you'll uh, bring up Acts. In Acts chapter 3, verse 2 through 5, the Bible says a certain blind, a blind man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at a gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, which is called Beautiful who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him, with John said, look on us. And he gave heed to them. In other words, he listened to what he said. Because he was expecting, the Bible says, to receive something of them. He not only believes he is to receive something, but he expects to receive. So his faith right there, when he looked to them, he had faith they had something, and he expected to receive it. Faith brought him to the gate daily, but expectation caused him to receive the miracle. Do you hear? Faith brought him to the gate, 
but expectation caused him to receive a miracle. God wants us to release our faith. Are you willing to release your faith today and expect him to supply the supernatural miracle we need and desire? I just want to say that your expectation connects you to the supernatural. It connects you for God's supernatural intervention. And sometimes we think we've done things so bad that, that we can't expect a miracle. So, you know, if I try to step out there in faith, God, you know, he's not going to do it for me because I've been so bad and I don't, you know, nobody trusts me and nobody has any hope in me anymore. But you have to be confident and settle things in your heart and mind that God is with you. And God knows where you are. And if you have the faith and you want to change things in your life, you want to go from where you were like Easy Eddie, he had to make some steps. But he made the steps in expectation that in the long run his son was going to change. He was going to be something that he wasn't. And you always have to step out and believe God and then make the movement with it. You know... I pray, but I wouldn't pray if I didn't believe he didn't answer my prayer. There's a reason. It's faith that I even step out and pray. We don't realize sometimes that, that just, okay, God, this is what your word says. Now, I expect it. He wants you to say that to him. He wants you to rise up in your faith. Now, I expect, God, this to happen in my life. And if it's not, then show me because I'm expecting it to happen. So if something needs to change in me, if I need to do something or change something in my life, help me to do that, that I can have a miracle out of all this. And he can do it. That's why I shared that with Easy Eddie and his son. Look at the difference that he made in his son's life or in your children's life. If you've been a bad mom or a bad dad, it's not too late. If you believe God and will step out in faith and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you and expect him, expect him to show you the steps you need to take and believe that he can do anything anything there I can't say that enough there is nothing impossible with God nothing no matter what you're facing no matter what affliction is upon you God has an answer for you and God can do a miracle in your life expectation is a breeding ground for miracles don't forget that when you leave today because that's something he just imparted in my heart so strong expectation don't lose your expector don't lose heart as to where you are know that he wants you to believe him and have faith that he can do he can do anything in verse 10 it says that that they knew that it was he which sat for alms, they knew who it was that had been begging at the gate of the temple. And they were filled, they said the people were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened to him. People see when things have changed in your life. They see it and they know it. And Easy Eddie, it was made known right there that he had made some changes in his life and it showed all around him. 
And even this, this man that was lame from birth, and they carried him in every day and laid him there, they all took him there by faith, believing that something wonderful was going to happen. And they wondered, they said, what had happened to him. They would say, isn't that the lame man that we saw every day? What happened? What changed him? How is he up jumping and walking and shouting and praising God? Because of faith plus expectation brought a miracle. He expected to receive. He went there by faith, and it brought a miracle in his life. Don't let go. Believe what he says and expect it to happen. Those are two key words. Have faith and believe. Have faith and expect it to happen in your life. Don't lose heart. And I feel I'm speaking to a few people here today. I sense it in my spirit. And God wants to encourage you today that this can be the first day of the rest of your life. You can make a decision today just like Eddie did. He made a decision that, you know, if I don't do something here, nothing's going to change. You have to make a move. You have to change something. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, the definition of crazy is doing the same thing over and over and think you're going to get a different result. And sometimes we do that. We think, well, this, I've always done it this way. Well, what's been your outcome every time? God's saying, I want to change some things. Believe my word and expect. Take it and let it be a part of your life. Let joy arise in your heart. One of the gentlemen came in, and he came up, and he told me, he said, when I saw the name of that message, he said, I'm in the right place today. Because he said, it's like I feel an excitement rising up in me. And since I came, he accepted Christ last week. Uh, Pastor Garrett led him uh, to, into accepting Christ. And he said, I've just felt this bubbling inside like something. I said, like something good? He said, yeah, something good is going to happen in my life. When you have expectation, there is a joy that comes with it. And when you get that miracle, just like at the gate beautiful they said he ran and shouted and, and they kept saying is that the man that was begging at the gate look at him what's happened to him there can be such a miracle in your life that people can say wow what happened to him what happened to her that has changed their life so much that they're joyful and happy the joy of the lord is your strength if you have no joy you have no strength because that joy gives you strength it empowers you and there's power there is such power in expectation there's joy in it and there's love in it and there's happiness and that's what god wants for you one more quick thing in jeremiah 29 verse 10 through 11 it says God says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. He has an expected end that he wants you all to have. He desires uh, that end to manifest in your life. But you have to expect God to do what he said. Not just know that he can do it but expect him to do it. Not just know God can do it, 
expecting to do it. That's such a, a balance. We know he can do anything, but do you expect him to do it? So I think it's time that, that God is saying to us, start expecting me to do some great and mighty things in your life. And I wrote this down because it, just, it hits home with me too. Your life is at the mercy of your mouth. Speak those things that are not as though they are. Don't use your mouth to describe your situation, but use it to declare your expectation. Okay? Your life is at the mercy of your mouth. God says there's power in your words. The power of life and death are in the tongue. Do we believe that? And if we do that, do and we expect that what we say is going to make a difference, then we need to speak what he says and expect those things to happen. The power of expectation produces supernatural manifestations which bring about life-changing miracles. Allow your words. He says whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Well, how do you do that? How do you bind and how do you loose? Whatever you bind's bound, whatever you loose is loose. You do it with your mouth. You speak. He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be light. And he didn't say, well, I hope there's light. Let there be light. And the Bible said, and there was light. And you have that power. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. You have the power to speak the, the glory of God out of your life. And you know, one, just a real quick example of when you say things like, well, I don't know if God really can heal or whatever. God, that ties his hands. But when you, when you say that, then it gives Satan room, all kinds of room, to say, well, you know, he probably won't, so, you know, I wouldn't put base anything on that. So you get lower and lower, your expectations die. And you lose the power of the enemy to work in your life. It's that simple. But he said if, you know, when you uh, uh, bind and loose and you, what? I want to say bind. I want to say, believe and receive or doubt and do without. There, I got it. But when you lose, when you say things like, I'm expecting a miracle. I'm, God, I believe your word. And I believe by your word I'm healed. I'm expecting God to be delivered. I'm expecting God you to move in the life of my family. I'm expecting great things of you. In fact, God, I expect a miracle today. I expect great things to happen today. Or Roberts used to always say, there's a good, something good is going to happen to you today. And I believe that something good is going to happen. I'm expecting that over all of you today, that something good is going to happen in your life today. Maybe it's a miracle that God is going to bring in your life, something you prayed for and believed, that today will be that day, that faith plus expectation equals a miracle. God is so good, and He loves you. And for God to give that word, tell them to expect. 
tell them to believe. It's one thing to, to know my word, but if you don't expect me to do anything to back that word, he said his word will not come back to him void. It will not come back empty. You can trust him. If he said he'll do it, he'll do it. Expect and believe with him. You're his children. You have that authority within your life. He's given you such great authority to believe and to receive and, and to take all that God has given to you. I don't want to doubt and do without. I want to believe it and receive it. And I intend to do it. The choice is yours. You're going to make choices every day. So let that choice be one to change your life and to bring something fresh and new in you. He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. He said, I know the things that I think about you. And it's for good. It's not for evil. It's for good. He's got good things for you. Allow him to do them. Reach out and say, I expect. I get up, I'm going to say, I expect a miracle today. I expect it. Because you're a miracle-working God. Do something impossible in my life today. I'm expecting you to do that. You will move a mountain. If you believe in your heart and you say to that mountain, Be thou removed, and you don't doubt, that mountain will be removed. The Bible says it will. So you have to believe what God says. And this morning, I want to... You know, the Bible says, If you believe that in Jesus Christ and confess with your mouth... You shall be saved. But again, it's a decision you have to make in your life. He's done it all. He paid the price. He died on the cross. And he gives us an opportunity to come to him. And he says he won't turn anybody away. Doesn't matter what you've done. The, that old song we used to sing, Just as I am without one plea, but your blood was shed for me. You have to look at it. His blood was shed for you. If there was no one else in this whole world, His blood was shed for you. And you just can say, God, I received that blood, God, and all that it did, and it washed my sins away. And I ask you to come into my life and into my heart. And for something that's so simple, and it brings you eternal life. You eternally, an eternity, you can live forever. He says, and when you die, you will be with me in eternity. You make choices here on this earth. You choose to accept Jesus Christ or to de deny him. And the choices you make on this earth will determine your eternal life, heaven or hell. It's just a choice we have to make. It's that plain and that simple. So this flesh goes back to the ground, to the dust of the earth. But you, your spirit is an eternal spirit and it never dies. And when that happens, the decision you've made will determine your home for eternity. So I'd like today to give you an opportunity to receive Christ into your life. That if there's anyone here today that has never made that decision, I just almost want to say jump up and run. Because it's an opportunity that you might never get again. It's something that, that God, there's no coincidence you're sitting here today. There's no coincidence in it at all. That God wants you to know that I love you. Come to me and your life can change. It'll wash away your sins. It's a fresh start. It's a brand new day. All things are past behind you. 
It's a day to rejoice and receive Christ. Is there anyone this morning, anyone at all today? Just raise your hand. Don't let pride, don't let fear, don't let nothing stop you from making one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your whole life. This is an eternal decision. And I promise you, your life will change and it'll be for the good. You'll never regret that decision. That's one decision you will never regret all the days of your life. Is there anyone this morning? I want to give you that opportunity. I don't want to cut it off. And I want to give you that, that opportunity today. Well, he's a miracle-working God. And Bree, if you'd do that song. Oh, 